Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. The Eagles start off the season 1-0 as they go into Detroit, put up 38, and squeak out a win. It was not pretty. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson said it felt good. Lane Johnson said uh, it was ugly. Both are accurate, but either way, it's a win. They start off 1-0, undefeated. Jalen Hurts, I believe, seven and two in his last nine. We're feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling, all things considered, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, week one, as we uh, said a good amount of times last podcast, it is kind of the overreaction week. It's an unpredictable week. It's a weird week. Um, so I would say coming out of week one with a win, very good. That's the result you're hoping for. Um, lots of good things, I think we can say, but an equal amount of uh, concerning or puzzling things, certainly things to clean up. Um, and often a very, a very entertaining game. Uh, you know, there, there at the end, maybe a bit more tense than any Eagle fan was prepared, but uh, yeah. yeah. Anytime you can uh, start the season off on the road and leave with a win, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we talked about they'd win. We didn't say how. We didn't say what it would be. I don't. I don't. You know, you could roll back the tape, but I, I don't think either of us predicted a, a total trouncing like uh, last season. But I thought we'd uh, handle them handily. But, you know, it, it, the, the, the defense, uh, it, it's interesting because usually the, the season starts off where offenses need to catch up to the defenses. So there's a lot of low, low, lower scoring games as the season starts and then offensive, offenses catch up. And uh, you have the higher scoring games in the middle and later parts of the season. Not the case with uh, either team. Uh, the, the Lions probably out of... Uh, not being as good and the Eagles as like, you know, seven new players and of, of the 11 starters on the, on the squad. So a lot of, uh, you know, muscle memory communication on, on unspoken, you know, assignments and connection, that kind of thing to, to get ironed out. Like you said, a lot to clean up. I think the story of, of the game, uh, well, I guess you could argue two different ones, but um, besides AJ Brown having a historic debut uh, was Jalen Hurts, um, where I I think we can start. Um, one of the one one thing that stood out wasn't even uh, yesterday. Uh, we're recording Monday Monday evening, uh, but was today, or at least I saw today. The Eagles posted uh, Jalen Hurts's locker room like huddle speech thing and uh it was the first time you really see Jalen Hurts is like the captain of the team uh really having that Malcolm Jenkins type of uh speech at, at the end of the game and I thought that that really said a lot after his his performance and um you know wa watching some of the recaps there's always the Baldinger uh little analysis video on Twitter and uh you know, he, he made a lot of plays happen. He extended drives that were dead. Um, 
you know, offensive line struggled for most, if not all the game, uh, he, he was a winning quarterback uh, yesterday. And, and as, as the, the question will be throughout the year, is he the franchise guy? He looked the part today. Um, weird sort of stat lines with the receivers, but uh, you know, there's a lot to build on. And I thought he was really impressive he he gashed the lions with his legs ran a little too much i mean if if he's going to run that much um you know he was second on the team in in uh in rushing yards total with 17 rushes and 90 yards second to uh miles sanders with uh less rushes 13 and 96 yards uh you know he's he can't play a whole season like that and i think that that's on Sirianni to clean up. That's on uh, the offensive line to improve. But uh, he he got it done in the air. He got it done with his legs. He did everything a franchise quarterback should do, and that's really promising moving moving forward. Even if it was against the Lions. Yeah, I would say like I I came away. I would say in the moment, like I think watching the game, there were certainly times where I was like, man, he's not he's not looking great, but then I think now like having some, uh, time and distance away from it and also having, uh, the benefit of seeing more, uh, more informed, uh, people who look at the game a little bit, uh, with, with a closer, closer eye, more detailed trained eyes. I'm feeling a lot better about it. Um, a very cold start. Uh, early on, not just Jalen, but the offense overall. Um, Lions come out to a lead. You know, it was a Super Bowl atmosphere too. Like, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, it looked like loud. a playoff game. Yeah, um, or it sounded like. I guess it looked like too. Yeah, the Eagles. They, you know, they fall in a, a seven nothing hole, which isn't unheard of. But at the time, with the, with the crowd noise and with the lack of any sort of rhythm especially through the air, it, it kind of felt like Jalen Hurts and the offense were spinning their wheels. But once he once he got that first catch to A.J. Brown, uh, which I want to say happened with like five minutes left in the first quarter, so over 10 minutes in the game, the Eagles didn't have a completed pass. So uh, a cold start. But once he, once he got into that rhythm, started finding A.J. Brown a lot. You mentioned he had a great day. Uh, over 150 yards on 10 catches. I don't know how many targets he got, but it was a good amount. Um, but yeah, the the real uh, the game changing aspect of Jalen Hurts' game was um, not even the designed runs, but what he was able to do on scrambles. Um, he had 17 carries. I, I want to say eight of those were designed. And on those plays, he, he was getting somewhere in the ballpark of three or four yards per play. So those are like the keepers. Um, and then in contrast, what he was able to do on the scramble drills when it's a drop back play that kind of dissolves into him just uh, getting outside the pocket and getting as many yards as he can. That's when he, um, he really helped the team out because in a few a few of those that was on third and long i think on one it might have been in third third and 15. um so yeah a really good day i'd say when he was passing i thought 
I thought uh, the ball placement looked good. It seemed accurate. He didn't have any interceptions, which I think is key for him. Um, you know, that goes without saying, but he doesn't pass the ball too much. And I would say he doesn't pass it enough to kind of have an interception baked into his uh, production. So any game where he doesn't fumble, doesn't uh, throw a pick, as long as he's having a respectable game like that, that really boosts his overall performance. And on the note of the offense, and this kind of goes with the theme of like uh, weird week ones, AJ Brown was catching everything and it wasn't really going to anybody else. And I don't even think that was a matter of, um, you know, I don't think that was their game plan by any stretch. I think it was just, they had that connection early and that's what the game was dictating. And it kind of is like, you've probably feels bad if you're Devonte Smith, if we're being honest, but I, I think everybody in that locker room is, is mature and understands that if the team wins and you're helping the team, no matter what, even if you're not getting the targets, like everybody in there has the same goal and that's to win. And they got the win. And yeah, I'd say, uh, a lot of sloppiness overall, but I was really encouraged what with what Jalen Hurts was able to do. Very encouraged, but also uh, not surprised by what A.J. Brown was able to do. Yeah, great debut. Fortunately, he didn't get me that touchdown. So we're yeah, we, we go into week two with our uh, with our jersey bet. So uh, I I thought you would get it for sure. He it's did unbelievable. Get, he 155 went, yards to 60 that's almost 100 more yards doesn't get a touchdown well i'd argue that i was closest to winning because uh dallas goddard did have that catch and run and was brought down at the one yard line i was one yard away from winning uh aj brown had some targets in the red zone but uh one one was batted down um one he was he it wasn't a target in the red zone but he ran down to like the six or something was brought down carrying a jeff okuda for 10 15 yards in the process but uh, i i'd argue that dallas goddard was uh closer to scoring and and jalen hurts's uh uh run in the end zone um he could have flipped it to dallas goddard i'm just saying he he was he was open there but i think that um you know your your point about the turnovers was was interesting uh nick sirianni had a quote about um jalen you know protecting the ball and that that ended up being the difference of the game in in one way and in, in that you know they won by three and uh and the turnover battle was uh lions had the one pick six and and the eagles didn't turn the ball over so um you know, you, you could you could argue that 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 was a game changing uh, element of, of Jalen Hurts's game. But I, I had the similar thought to you earlier on where um, thinking he, he he wasn't seeing guys. Uh, we, we don't have the all 22 tape while we're watching the game or, or necessarily access to game tape after uh, to to really see for sure. But um you know the the offensive line had a pretty uh lousy day overall um at least in in the Certainly past in, pass protecting yeah, pass protection um the and lines, give give the lines a lot of credit like i think that's something we should mention from the top i think they certainly exceeded what the national expectations 
were for them, at least in this first game, like they came out feisty. I and they they never gave up gave up the whole game. I mean, they they yeah. really played hard from from start to finish. Some of their NASCAR They're, packages were interesting. Like they had four defensive ends on the field at once. They stacked Charles Harris and um, Aiden Hutchinson on one side uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times. There were there were a lot of interesting looks, uh, creative looks that they showed the the Eagles and and I mean. It, I think they blitzed the second most frequently. Um, I forget what the first team was, but they I think they they, they blitzed seven at one point, and you'd think that someone would have to be open, but it, it was still effective. Yeah. And, I, and Jason the, Kelsey called that out. Like he was up front saying that the offensive line, like they needed to do a better job of, of spotting the blitz, calling them out because there was like on occasion two or three times where there was just an extra guy unaccounted for who had a direct path to Jalen Hurts. And when you look at the amount of scrambles that he had, like not all of those were from that. Some of it was just from nobody um, getting open. There were some times where he was just like, all right, like first read I'm running because there's a guy coming, coming right at me unimpeded. Yeah. So Early, early on, you know, you talk all off season uh, if he's improved as a passer and and you think, you know, two seconds he'll be able to see someone, especially with the blitz. But I, I think in in reading uh, people that know much more than than uh, either you or I do and, and seeing analysis from uh, former players and coaches and, you know, the the real uh, expert people on on Twitter and on on uh you know various outlets uh don't say wip i i did i did not Good. i actually haven't listened to any uh wip post game uh thus far go. so and you're, and you're already talking smarter so oh well there you go um the 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 consensus like take that i've uh come to or, or opinion that i've come to it's not really a take uh, it is that, you know, you, you can't expect him to do too much when there is a direct guy coming at him after immediately after the snap. So I think he, he did the best with what he could in, in those plays. And he, he really, uh, was successful in extending drives and getting first downs, but I, I don't think that's a recipe for success. It's something that opposing defenses defenses need to account for but mm. it's it's a recipe for him getting injured um it's not a longevity type play i think he uh showed that he can pass and his passings improved dramatically there the the deep ball to aj brown was perfectly placed in stride uh there mm. were a few like uh i i don't know like you know carson had accuracy issues for that the balls were like uncatchable the one where aj brown had to sort of catch it right above the ground and 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 come back on it there was a safety there so he didn't have a a touchdown it wasn't underthrown. but i would say that that was an accurate catchable ball that was sort of an awkward way to catch but um you know your your accuracy range expands greatly when you're thrown to aj brown versus you know Jalen Rager last year or something like that, or Greg Ward last year. So, um, 
I think that he didn't really have any bad throws. Um, a lot of the throws and completions, at least early on, were because of pressure, um, throwing the ball away. Uh, you know, there weren't really bad throws on, on the day. I think there was like one weird throw to Devontae Smith on the first drive that I couldn't tell if it was dropped or just thrown into the ground. But um, I, I thought overall he was a pretty – solid passer i don't know that he had like the zip on the ball that the top guys in the league have but i mean if you have a top 15 top 12 guy at the end of the season that's going to warrant franchise quarterback money i don't think you're complaining that it doesn't look like a ball aaron Rodgers throws or something like that yeah um he had a few bad walls and i'm not going to pretend to know like how all of those transpired but between him and Carson Wentz, I, I I feel like the Eagles have to be um, batting above average on amount of times a pass gets batted down and like key third downs. But maybe that's just one of those things that you notice when. I, I think the the batted down passes were also a result of pressure and. Uh, you know, pass protection. I, I don't want to just blame the offensive line because they've been such a strong unit over the years. Um, but I, I do think that that factored in, like I, I would be curious how, how much time he would have had, you know, he, you don't, you don't make some of those throws when uh, you're, you know, sitting in the pocket with, with a lot of time. So um, yeah. watching other games this week, you, you kind of see that the, quarterbacks had more time on average than than Jalen Hurts did on average in that game and you know it's going to vary opponent to opponent but I think that um for the most part like he he was pressured pretty immensely most of the game um after scores and the momentum's not there as much like that's a different story uh, the Lions did have a bit of a dip in momentum going into the half, um, but I think that they they played pretty hard the, the entire game. I, I don't I don't think they really let up. Yeah, I think one thing uh, looking forward, if teams um, you know decide to take note of what the Lions did, which was sending a lot of pressure early and often, and even throughout the game, um, and a lot of this is on. Jalen Hurts, but also a good amount. It's also Nick Sirianni is like, um, you need to make these teams pay if they're going to be sending extra guys. Like, I didn't get the sense that the Eagles were especially taking advantage of, um, you know, extra guys coming forward. They didn't really have, I think at one point they tried doing a screen and it was unsuccessful. Like it was kind of botched. Yeah, the one day AJ Brown. Yeah, that might just be the offensive line getting its sea legs early in the season or, you know, again, give the give the Lions credit. Like, they seem pretty well prepared. Um, but you would like to see some sort of counter because, you know, once you're setting extra guys, you're taking extra guys out downfield. You want to see some explosive plays to help deter that from happening because he was getting hit uh, a lot both as a runner and we even saw that uh, Tracy Walker, um, he got flagged and then he punched Zach Pascal, got ejected. That was one of a handful of times that he was taking, uh, in my opinion, and also 
I would say a good amount of other people's just like late after the whistle, not just tackles, but kind of guys like falling on top of Hertz well after he was um, giving himself up, but also like he was taking hits after the play. I think he only got sacked once or twice, but um, you want to keep your QB from taking those unnecessary hits. So um, yeah, you know, just you're happy, you're happy to take a win without any, um, apparently lingering issues to the offense. We can talk about the one on the defense in a little bit. I do want to give props to Miles Sanders. This is the first time um, we've seen him in quite a bit. You know, he, he missed uh, the back half of preseason with that hamstring injury, but he looked spry. He looked healthy. He looked productive. He had a very big play on um, a very important third down to help seal the game or at least getting the team in a more comfortable spot to salt away the game. He and uh, the two other running backs got uh, touchdowns along with John Hurts. So kind of all four primary rushers getting a touchdown, no reception, no reception touchdowns. Um, yeah, pretty quiet day, pretty quiet day for the pass rusher or the pass catchers not named AJ Brown. Um, Nothing for Devontae. Uh, one catch to Zach Pascal. Nothing for Quez Watkins. And uh, Burton Covey wasn't a, wasn't taking snaps with the offense. Yeah, and that uh, Nick Sirianni talked about the Devontae Smith today. Um, you know, the concern of being one-dimensional, just thrown to A.J. Brown. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting moving forward to see how they game plan to spread the ball around, see, see, you know, how they can get more guys, the ball. Um, cause uh, I mean, receivers are, are different, but there is an element of like, if you only throw it AJ Brown, he's getting hit constantly. If he's the entire passing game, like you, 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 you do want to spread the wealth um mm -hmm. for for a variety of reasons um yeah do uh you know anything else on offense aj brown 10 catches 155 yards dallas goddard three catches 60 yards you know kenny gainwell miles sanders each had two catches zach pascal only had a catch not not a whole lot stat wise um you know miles sanders said earlier 96 yards almost broke the hundred has first touchdown since 2020 Jalen hurts yeah. 18 for 32 243 yards I think I uh you know the the clock was running down in the second quarter for halftime and you see the little ticker at the bottom that shows Jalen oh, hurts thrown for 200 Peterson special right the timeout Is it that that's where you're going no, I was just I was just saying I saw Jalen Hurts through for over 200 yards and a half, and I was like, oh my god, okay. uh, that I've never I've never seen him do that before, and I, it was like his best passing half in, of his career. Um, yeah, I, I was just gonna say the um, what's his name? Um, crap, what's uh, Dan Campbell? Dennis, Dan Campbell. I was gonna say Dennis Town, but he's still with the Saints. Yeah, Campbell. Um, after I forget what the negative play was, but, but um, he caught the timeout before half. The Eagles seemed content to let the clock run down. He wanted the ball back, so he caught a timeout. 
And I was like, oh, I know that never works out well because I recalled Doug Peterson doing that a few times and it always felt like it was just giving the other team points. It was like, no, no, just let it go into halftime. Yeah, I was uh, saying like Lions getting cocky, like they want the ball back. Yeah, like what are you going to do with it? And yeah, that, that was on first down. So they still had to make two stops, get the ball back and then put together a drive. So that's what set up AJ Brown, deep pass. They get the they get that um, field goal that they most likely don't have a chance to get otherwise. Three points ends up being uh, the difference in the game. So, and I don't even think that's like wrong inherently. Like I, I think you can you can uh, needle him on the application of being aggressive, but like typically a coach being aggressive works out for you. Like if you do that over the course of a game. If, especially if you do it over the course of a season, more often than not, you're going to benefit from it. But it was just one of those occasions where I was like, the application to, of that just, it felt strange. Like to, you're, like what, I don't, I don't think there was gonna be much uh, juice worth the squeeze on that. And it ends up working out in the Eagles benefit. Um, but yeah, that's, I'd say that's all I got on the offense if you wanna, Turn the tables to yeah. I think we're we're defense. good. So uh, Chauncey Gardner Jr. makes his debut. Hassan Reddick makes his debut. A lot of debuts. Kaiser White flashed. He he had a, a pass deflection going. Who knows where uh, that James Bradbury picked up and uh, ran in for for a touchdown. Um, let's real quick. Let's let's give the guy credit for who started that play. That was a Marlon Tui Pelotu pressure all right for the errant throw um we saw a lot of him uh he's he's really had a, a nice yeah there was like a whole nice series in the third quarter where it was him and milton williams uh they they ran the backups or something for like a, a a series or a drive or something um fletcher cox uh credited with uh, half of a sack with uh, Brandon, yeah, Graham. Brandon Graham. Um, yeah, on the day there 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 weren't many there weren't many opportunities to get to the, um, in my mind that were the most you know impactful. And on that on the on the split sack that was be you, you could say that that was mostly the the missed timing from a fumbled or dropped snap. Beyond that, Marlon Tui Pelotu had the the most like straight up make a defensive play. Ultimately it led to the pick six, not to discredit uh both Kaiser and Bradbury on that because um those two obviously made that play happen after the the pass rush. But besides that, a very quiet afternoon for the defensive line. The defensive line was pretty underwhelming during the game. Uh you know, you, uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, I didn't see make too much noise. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 you see the Lions offensive line injuries. Um, I don't know. I just expected a bigger, a bigger game from, from the defensive line. It, it was a little disappointing. Yeah. I, I would even go. I don't even think it was a little. I think it was, you know, it's concerning. It seems like the defense kind of picked up 
off last season with this, this Gannon philosophy. And again, like this is week one, they, they are probably still ironing out a lot of kinks because the starters didn't play much this uh, preseason. But so far, the early results are certainly concerning between the lack of pressure getting to the quarterback uh, to not maximizing a lot of defensive talent out there, whether it is um, Hassan Reddick, not getting Jordan Davis out there on, you know, what you would think is a healthy amount of snaps. He, he rated out as the uh, last defensive tackle if you're going by snap share, which we didn't really, it was asked uh, today to Nick Sirianni and he really kind of just said it was the matter of the rotation, how it ended up playing. So pretty much a non-answer on that. Um, it could be a, a list of different reasons, whether it's just him still getting a handle on the playbook or, you know, what the Lions were presenting. It is, you know, it, it does show in the limited amount of snaps that he had, the Eagles defense was a lot better against the run when he was out there in odd man fronts compared to when it was Cox and Hargrave. Um, so s small sample size, but something worth noting going forward is the Eagles defense um, last year, it was very susceptible to, um, you know, the, the pass. Today, it kind of got exposed in the run. Uh, DeAndre Swift, give him a lot of credit because he had a very productive day. Um, I don't think the Eagles ever gave up a rusher who had that success as, you know, Swift had in week one. So there's, there's a lot of different things that the defense has to clean up. I think the run defense is a big one. Getting to the quarterback is another one. I thought the pass coverage overall was pretty good. Um, you know, Monroe St. Brown got his. Chark uh, got a really nice touchdown on Darius Slay. That's one where you kind of just, you know, good throw, good catch. He's, Slay's not going to get everything, but yeah, there's there's a lot of blame to go around, and you hope that coaches can uh, plug a lot of those holes coming up uh, this week against the Vikings. Yeah, it felt like uh, my confidence was in the linebackers in the secondary the, the whole game. Um, Epps had a good day, I thought. Gardner Johnson, for the most part, played well, especially, um, you know, only getting traded to the team about 10 days ago. Yeah, I – I think, you know, we talked about the difference in training camp and preseason philosophies between the two teams, uh, pads, tackling, less pads, you know, avoiding injury and all that. I think um, tackling specifically is the biggest rusty element of the uh you know, that, that was sort of the carryover from, from not, uh, being as physical in training camp, uh, the, the tackling seemed like a, uh, an issue, um, like they were still getting used to live football. Um, mm -hmm. and I think you saw that in, in the run game. Uh, usually they're, yeah, they're pretty time. good at, uh, run stuffing. I, uh, I will bring up WIP briefly because I think it's worth, um, 
paying attention to is that Elliot Shore Parks tweeted that you know, going back and watching some tape, he noticed that the Jordan Davis on and off splits, uh, in his opinion, were misleading because of uh, poor tackling. And it just happened to be when he was on the field, they tackled better than when he was off. And it had less to do with Jordan Davis, more to do with their, their tackling. Um, I, I don't know if to my eye watching the game once, that's how I would, uh, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, but I, I do think tackling overall was an issue. Um, I remember Jared Goff, like made Avante Maddox miss once, uh, there, there were a few, um, granted his momentum was going one way and Goff was going the other, but I, I think that that's probably the, the biggest thing, like fundamental tackling, um, outside of the defensive line were, were the biggest concerns on defense. Uh, but you know, Slay got uh, a burned on the one touchdown, but otherwise he you didn't hear his name much, and that's good for a cornerback. Uh, mm-hmm. Epps had a had a big hit on um, I don't remember who, but uh, that one uh, screen play he sort of saw the screen and and basically blitzed the receiver and tackled yeah. him at Why the did... line of scrimmage. Was it Reynolds? Yeah, I think it was. Um, so, you know, there, there was some, uh, good, uh, it's hard to, you know, it's easier to talk about offensive stats as a metric of, of success. Um, but, uh, I'm sure there's some advanced statistics that, that show, uh, a little more of the defensive, um, performances, but I thought, uh, you know, the, the Bradbury edition, obviously with the interception, Kaiser white really flashed, um, mm-hmm. you know, Nicobe Dean was mostly on special teams, uh, but TJ yeah, Edwards, he, he was also, you know, solid. It was, it was also interesting. I think he, he only had like three snaps or so with the defense, but they brought him in um, for goal line snaps. Um, and another thing to tack on uh, to the list of defensive woes is their, their red zone percentage on defense really poor. Um, I thought the Jim Schwartz defense was it's uh, some of its value was certainly tied to um, when they'd get down to the red zone, they would really uh, button up and kind of keep it to three. Uh, we haven't really seen that with the Ghana defense. So uh, add it to the long list of concerns, but you know, again, it is a small sample size. It's week one. My big issue is it's a lot of what we were seeing last season and so with new players, you do get the benefit of like, you know, these guys need to, you know, find their own place in the system and get used to the playbook and how all the players mesh together. But it eerily feels similar to last season. And I just, we need to see some uh, shift in the philosophy because we know that last season didn't contribute to a lot of winning against good quarterbacks and, Eagles have a soft schedule this year, so they could ultimately see a lot of success like last season against these, um, you know, less than average quarterbacks. But when it comes time to, uh, you know, playoff football, all the football that we want to see the Eagles win when the line, when, when the lights are shining the brightest, you don't want to be uh, going up against the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, and applying these same uh 
philosophies and beliefs of the game because we know it doesn't work against them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I've, I I guess grades on on the offense I'd give an A, and on the defense I'd I give a C minus. I guess. It, it it was a momentum thing too that was tough every time the eagles score they would let up the score pretty much soon after yeah. um, and i think that was like the toughest part um they they didn't really keep them at bay for too long every time they were up you know two scores maybe even three at one point uh yeah they, they let the Lions score and and kept them in the game the whole time yeah like both sides of the ball both on offense and the defense the Eagles really struggled to have like a consistent flow of success on, on offense. They start off very cold. I mentioned they didn't get their first uh, completed pass until 10 minutes into the game. Um, after that, they, they started having, you know, I don't think there's too many three and outs on offense. Nobody, no team is going to get away without having a few of those over the course of a the game. Lions had their first three and out in like the late third quarter or something like they went most of the game without going three and out once. Yeah. And impressively, the Eagles defense had three consecutive three and outs against the Lions at one point. So that's when they were like looking good that that gave the offense a chance to come back in the game. But then to end the game, the defense gave up um four touchdowns on five of the last drives to the Lions. So certainly letting the game unravel a little bit there, but ultimately the Eagles offense does a good job of holding onto the ball there at the end um, and letting the clock run out. So, yeah, um, we should mention uh, the Zach McPherson recovery on the onside kick that got a lot of attention um former eagles special team coach dave fipp he does that a lot lions were rather successful on the occasion last season i think they did it nine times and three times they were able to recover yeah um, so no they the broadcast said no team attempted more or recovered more uh, than the lions yeah. last year so i did i did think it was interesting if, if you tally up uh like the given points to the eagles and i say that with air quotes here uh, for our listeners, the three points that lead to the field goal uh, just before halftime. I know that the Eagles get it down the field there on that long pass, but um, they get the opportunity after the timeout. The onside kick leads to a touchdown, and then the pick six, which I know is scored by the defense. That's 17 points there. Um, so the Eagles capitalizing on unforced errors i think uh you know good good on the eagles especially in a close game those add up and ultimately uh it was enough for the eagles favor yeah yeah um so um moving on just some news from the game unless you had anything else on the game no uh, unfortunate news for Derek Barnett. He tore his ACL and his season is done. Um, you know, he tested free agency. Eagles didn't resign him. Uh, and then he came back to the Eagles and they signed him on a two year, very team friendly deal. Uh, so that's unfortunate for him. Uh, yeah, as disappointing one. as he was as a first round pick, I think he's a pretty solid depth, uh, defensive end. 
Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of thin there. They, the depth chart, I believe was just Josh sweat and, uh, Derek Barnett on that side. So, yeah, for the day, uh, Teron Jackson wasn't inactive. So going forward, he'll, he'll definitely be active now with the depth there for the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a bummer for Derek Barnett. I agree. I think, uh, certainly with him going, uh, a little bit deeper in the depth chart, his expectations. I think he's still, at the moment, I felt uh, pretty good about him as a, a third or fourth edge guy. So, yeah, kind of similar with Dillard, like first round pedigree, but uh, you know, didn't ma- make match expectations, but still a, a solid depth uh, guy. So, yeah, and uh, and certainly given the context of a team that needs that. Um, that pressure from the D line. I think it's going to be tough to replace that. Even if you weren't counting on Barnett for too many sacks, I think he does, uh, he does get to the quarterback a good amount for uh, the amount of snaps he plays. Yeah. And then just around the league, uh, Carson Wentz's debut was a win against Doug Peterson and the Jaguars Uh, commanders led early Jaguars took the lead and then uh, the commanders ended up uh, prevailing in the end. Uh, The Giants beat the Titans on a uh, two point conversion uh, at the end of the game. Um, Which did, did you see the two point conversion live? It looked uh, like it was kind of snuffed out. Yeah. It was on a red zone. I watched it. Yeah. Same. It didn't look like it was going to work. And then, you know, Somehow, was it was it Barkley? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just you know. And then yeah, the he, Titans he went really back down the field and missed the field goal, so they should right. have won anyways. Um, then the Cowboys got uh, beat pretty bad by the Buccaneers, uh, nineteen to three. But the the real highlight of that game or uh, highlight. Mid- Sorry, uh, noteworthy uh, element. Dancing on, dancing on the grave of Dak I, I Prescott's hand. I didn't mean we? to say highlight. Uh, <laughs> the the notable notable fact of it was that uh, Dak Prescott left the game with a thumb injury and will undergo surgery. Uh, the estimated timetable, six to eight weeks, but he's currently listed as out indefinitely, which uh, will likely line up for the, or almost certainly, certainly line up as uh not playing against the eagles week six i believe that it is um they play the Bengals. glasses champagne yeah i i I shouldn't have brought that out on the on the podcast um (laughs) save that for later but uh yeah they play the Bengals next week and then the giants commanders rams and then eagles so uh you know they very well could rack up some losses before the the eagles the eagles uh odds to win the division jumped uh significantly today i think they're minus 140 uh cowboys were like plus 250 or something plus 230 maybe uh so eagles are now the sole clear favorites uh or i yeah, should I say don't... clear clear favorites they were the sole uh favorites I think last yeah, week. Yeah, if there was any question before this, I think it's now pretty clear that it's the Eagles' division to lose. I don't think there was much question to begin with, but I think it's hard to overstate uh, the importance of the 
the Cowboys losing Dak Prescott. Um, and even though that's, you know, that that is a very obvious thing to say, this Cowboys team lost a good amount of pieces this season. And I really think that this, you know, the success of the Cowboys, they were really relying on Dak Prescott lifting all boats. Um, you know, they lose Amari Cooper. Well, they don't, that's actually being generous. They decide to lose Amari Cooper. Um, they lose Cedric Wilson, Aaron Smith out for a large chunk of the season. Um, forget the name, but they lose their pass rusher to the Broncos. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of important exits. I think they're really, um, looking to Dak, looking to Dak Prescott to kind of carry them. So now he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And I, I look at their schedule. They do have the giants and the commanders coming up. Those are kind of games that not, not earmarked because all division games are kind of weird, but like those are games you kind of count as wins. You don't want to be facing teams like that without your quarterback. Now Cooper rush. I'll be interested to see if they ultimately decide to make a trade. Earlier reports are that they prefer their internal candidates, which I don't believe that for a second. I think that is, um, you know, them negotiating with trade partners. If they decide to come to the table, you know, Jerry Jones is going to go out there and say like, we really need a quarterback because the whole league knows right now that they really need a quarterback. So uh, it'd be kind of dumb for him to even publicly acknowledge that fact. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. Any, any team that loses their starting quarterback for an extended period of times in deep trouble, but um, that gap especially widens when the talent gap is from, um, you know, Dak Prescott's probably, uh, I don't, I don't want to make an arbitrary marker, but I would say top seven, top eight off the top of my head of uh, talent going all the way down to Cooper Rush, not a very good backup by any measure. I say that as a Carter Minshew fan, I think he's one of the better backups in the league. So yeah, tough start if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, this really feels like their season's derailed. So it, he's, he's, you know, if his recovery goes the way that it should be, he'll be back week nine. That's about the midpoint of the season. But at that point, uh, you know, how big of a hole are you in? They might yeah, be, could be in the wild card race, depending how that shakes out. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Uh, definitely devastating uh, for them. Uh, in other news, draft pick watch. Uh, unfortunately, the Saints won in dramatic fashion of the Falcons on a last second field goal. Uh, the Falcons were up for most of the second half. So um, they had a 16 point lead at one point. Hey, I mean, the Falcons are known for blowing leads. I also think that's not this Falcons iteration, but the yeah. organization. Yeah, I think it also shows that like the, the Saints are not as good as some people think they are. Falcons. Yeah. But like you many. said, it's overreaction week. It's still early. You never yeah, know. But this, this, this overreaction helps. Uh, helps us. Helps. helps uh, it. It's not an overreaction if it's in our favor. So sure. um, I think the Saints, they could be in for a rocky season if week one's any indication of their talent level. 
Um, the Falcons likely a bottom two team in the league this year. So definitely a team you don't want to be down 16 at any point in the game. But yeah, saying seek it out to yep. our dismay. All right. The Eagles upcoming opponent, uh, Minnesota Vikings handled the Green Bay Packers 23 to seven. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a career day with 184 yards, two touchdowns. As it stands now, Eagles are two and a half point home favorites. And uh, we will be back on uh, Thursday or Friday later this week with a special guest to preview the Eagles Vikings matchup. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. You have any final thoughts on the game? Want to know, want to know, start wins a win, get off on the right track. Uh, here. No, I'm good on this. I'm good on uh, week one, but uh, I'm, I'm curious looking forward to next Monday night. Did you catch much of the uh, Vikings Packers game? I didn't watch uh, too much of it. I saw the Christian Watson drop. I saw the you know video of Rogers yelling on the on the yeah. sideline. All the angsty um, eye rolling from Aaron some Rodgers. of his post game comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw the Justin Jefferson couple of touchdowns. Uh, Dalvin Cook, very good. You know, Kirk Cousins, okay solid quarterback and uh his outfit at the post game was on twitter yeah i'm trying to like compare and contrast uh both both winners week one's performance against uh you know the respective opponents eagles versus lions and vikings versus packers i would say most or like i'll speak for myself here you tell me what you think eagles had a more disappointing performance than the vikings the lions had a better performance than the Packers. I thought the Packers just looked completely lost and listless. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. So, like, I, I kind of get the line right now. Vikings slightly favored if you're of the belief that home is given three. Um, but, you know, uh, for anybody who's um, right, rightfully so, Justin Jefferson tore up the Packers, but I think you got to also look across. Um, you know, to AJ Brown, 155 yards, certainly didn't get a touchdown, but, um, you know, these are two teams who I think they're stacked up pretty good, but I don't want to get too, too deep into it. We'll save that for later in the week. I'd definitely I be a lot good. more nervous on top of Justin Jefferson playing the Eagles, uh, if, if we were on the road. So, uh, but yeah. like, we'll get uh we'll get more into it later this week um and our jersey watch 2022 will continue into week two we'll see if it stops there goes into week three um but you know we'll Kalen rager revenge week here we come all right on that note for mike i'm Ian, and thanks for listening <laughs>